Thanks for listening to this OCRFM podcast. Head to ocrfm.org.au to find more great content and information about how to donate and support this community radio station. And we'll now open up the floor. If there's anyone that has any particular questions they would like answered, the thing is that uh, you may have a question burning in your head that everyone else would like answered as well. So is there anyone out there that has a question? Hi. I have a piece of advice for the crowd, but I also have a question. So the advice first. Um, I was a bit worried about my card getting stolen and then used uh, to just kind of Boop it and go and stuff. So I went to my bank and asked them to uh, stop that function. So now I know that if I lose my card, no one's going to be able to use my money. So that's just a tip for everyone. If you feel uncomfortable about having PayWave, then you can ask for it to be turned off and it could just be an insert card. I have a question for anyone. My parents have deadlocks in the house and they got them to make the house more secure. But for in case of a fire, they leave the keys in them. Um, I don't know how to kind of... Like, what can we do to kind of have that safety of knowing you can get out of a house in a jiffy, but knowing that no one can get in? Um, deadlocks are good. Uh, perhaps uh, explain to them that use them for when they're out of the house. Double lock the door when they're out of the house. When they're at home asleep, still have the single lock function, but don't deadlock it at night. And then there'll be a, in case of emergency, then they, they can get out quite easily. Cool, thank you. I've been living in a bushfire area for 14 years, North Warrandyte, very hilly, just bush. And so we used to always leave the door closed but unlocked during the night in case we had to escape for a bushfire. And then I found out how much more likely it was that someone's just going to push the door open to take the keys. And so we've decided that, you know, on chance, the idea of a fire at night when we need to get out versus perhaps being burgled, we keep it locked all the time when we're inside. So even, you know, when we first walk in the door early evening, put things down, close the door, deadlock it. Thank you. (laughs) I have a question like that because uh, I live in Kolok mm-hmm. and what usually it's happen because uh, from right side and left side, main road, what usually it's happen uh, when it's uh, during the night or during the days, it's cars, it's speeding, it after maybe a couple seconds, the police car, it follows slow to the uh, uh, speeding car because for regulation it's a residential area in police it's can speeding that. Uh, How possible to protect a street from the speeding cars? There's a couple of things you can do. Uh, You can speak to the council um, to see if they um, can get some speed humps put in the street. Uh, You can write a letter to the local Coal Lake Highway Patrol officer in charge and, and express your concern saying that during this time and this time, there are speeding vehicles in our street. Can you increase patrols or get your traffic units to um, uh, use their radar guns to detect the speed of vehicles travelling in the street between a certain time when you think that the, the offences are occurring or the speeding is occurring? Um, yeah, you can write to the council and say, well, this is the problem we've got. Uh, can we have a consideration to get speed humps put into the, the street? Yes, thank you. Right. And can you get the number plates? They may be stolen plates, but they may not be, especially if it's the same people doing it regularly. If you yeah. can get the plates, you can ring Crime Stoppers. 
And usually it's happened during night time. Night time, yeah. yeah. And e- even a description of the car or colour of the car and include that in the letter um, to the Highway Patrol officer in charge. And he will, what he will do is he, if he receives a complaint about a certain um, uh, incidents happening in a certain area, he will task a unit to... It's called a complaints car. He will ta- can task the unit to sit there and monitor the street and see if we can get the speeders. Okay, thank you. We've just moved to Carlisle. The house has four doors access. That's a lot of keys, right? So this question applies to anybody who's just moved house. Would you recommend changing the locks? Because you know there's an awful lot of people had access to your keys before you moved. Yeah, for peace of mind, yes. Um, you can get all the keys, key to like. A locksmith will key all the doors to one key. And then you can control how many keys you give out. So you can have one key, give one to your family. But for peace of mind, I, I've never, not say never, I, it's very rare that ex-tenants who have keys come back and break into your house. If you're homeowners, if you've bought the house off another person, it's very rare that they will come back and steal your property. But for peace of mind... By all means, get the keys redone and um, the locks key to like. It's pretty inexpensive, um, just for peace of mind, yes. Um, I did have one question. It's a lot of the stuff that I see kind of happening around town uh, is a lot of the time, not all the time, but kind of drug and alcohol related, is tackling that stuff, as you mentioned, with the different... You know, counselling programs and all that kind of stuff is tackling those issues early on a good way to help kind of prevent a lot of other crimes in, in, that follow on from that, like thefts and stuff like that. Domestic violence and, and a lot of those problems, I think, it probably would be linked back a lot to you know drug and alcohol things. But is, there, is it more education or funding or anything like that um, a good thing to work towards for those programs? Yeah, you can go first and then I can uh, touch on it if you want. Yep. So definitely, the more, the more support's in place, of course, the more support there is to help people with the problem. Yeah. yeah. If you can get in at the ground roots level um, before the problem... Uh, look, uh, a lot of people can maintain their drug habit with their work mm-hmm. until it spirals out of control and then they run out of the funds to support their habit, their, their own funds, and that's when they turn to crime um, to fund their drug habit. So if you can get in early in the ground roots level and prevent or educate, then, yeah, you're, you're going a long way to um, helping that situation. Prison doesn't work. If you get to a point where someone's going off to prison, and, and I've heard very much your story, which backs up all the stats, that uh, sending people off to prison doesn't work. It can, can make things worse. We have a new uh, Ministry of Crime Prevention. We used to only have the Minister for Police, but we now also have a Minister for Crime Prevention, who's also the same Minister for Corrections, Ben Carroll. He was one of the apologies for today. Um, He is of the belief, looking at best practice from around the world, that we need an all-of-government approach to crime prevention, and we need to start with babies. We need to start with those first four years of life, and what help often single mothers are getting, what support they're getting, to start that child's life off the right way. And we need to address the issues of drug and alcohol and so many other areas, not just 
the crime because by then it's too late. Um, he was uh, sharing with people like Neighbourhood Watch and Crime Stoppers and so forth recently that his plan over the next uh, three years of government, um, he's actually putting together a plan that goes longer. He's saying there's no point just doing it what you can achieve in three years because that's very little. But he's looking at a whole government approach, so Department of Health and Human Services to be involved in this issue, Department of Education, um, infrastructure, employment, all needs to be part of the solution to wipe out crime. Um, like I said, I've battled three and a half years with the sun, gone on the wrong path, um, and I do find that the I dogged him in, which, um, because mm. I knew... I was worried about if he was going to kill a family because he's driving with drugs in his system. Mm. And you're right, I found the prisons are not help. The guards are bringing drugs into the prisons and they're making money out of this young man. And um, it's breaking my heart because I thought putting him in, mm. I was saving. And I know some mothers are saying, I don't want my son to be in front of the police. I don't want to dog them in. And I came to this without realising I thought I was helping him. Um, and I found it's worse in jail. That's what's out here. The thing that I want to ask the sergeant is, he's coming out, and I want to know because they need help. Mm. Um, it is a it is a problem. He's drug addicted, drug addict, whatever you you may say. We need to have plans. You can't just leave, put him back in the house and just let him be. They need to have um, like the corrections. He was on corrections, but no one's bothered. And when I went, they in, in 12 months or, uh, no, 60 months, they went once to see him. These people need the extra help, you know? Mm. Like, I'm just a mother, what do I know? So he's not going to listen to me. But, um, so I don't know what else to do. He's coming out in August, yep. and I'm frightened. Um, you know, he's talking just like you and I now. Yeah. You know, I've learned my lesson, Mum, but I've heard that before, so I don't know what to believe. Um, what can I do when he comes out in August? I want things put in place. I want him to see people, psychiatric things, uh, whatever he needs to. Um, yeah. Not sure, Pam. Um, I suppose you can speak to corrections. Um, it's probably not a police thing that we um, monitor people who are released from the custody. It's more the corrections side of things. that uh, You can relay your fears to say there's not enough engagement uh, for your son by the, the um, not enough checks and balances done I suppose um, by the corrections and the parole officers to check on him uh, and there, obviously there's drug and alcohol services available in Colac needs to engage with them it's, it's also self help he's got to want to get help before we can help him I think yeah where do you go and what do you do you know what I mean um, I've done my job. Mm. I, I don't want him driving with drugs in his system yep. or cause an accident or a friend or family. I don't want to sleep at night and think that my son caused it. Yeah, yeah. So I have done it for three times. He knows. And yep. he, says, he thanks me now. Because yeah. he says, Mom, I'm alive because of you. So it, it, the worry He does realise that then. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Well, he did it the other times, but now he's, he's thanking me. So. Well, hopefully yeah. he can get the help that he needs when he gets out. Maybe we should have a think, where do they go? You know, one, two, three, you know what I mean? Um, do they have, no, I, I don't know the, the, the structure of the prisons. Do they have that sort of, before they get released, do they have a, um, 
ready reckoner where they can say, this is where I go, this is, if I need this help, I get it? They're all in the system. Once okay. they come out, let's see, they promise them all these things. Once they come out, there's nothing there, you know. And, and I believe it's like an alcoholic, it's like with anything they need. You need to go nearly every day, I think, or even twice a week, you know, to um, speak to somebody and, mm-hmm. you know, acknowledge it. So... I don't know where it is in college, where they can. There's a lot of young men, so sad to see them, you know, from 30. It's just so sad because I'm almost of them. I don't even feel them. Mm. I think probably, Rachel would probably agree, maybe even um, uh, involvement in lots of activities to possibly give that uh, drug and alcohol dependency uh, a back seat. So getting involved more with people around him and uh, friends and family, of course, um, supporting him, but uh, would, would you suggest perhaps community involvement? Yeah, if you've got that connection with your community, that sense of community, then it definitely fills, fills a void, fills a gap. And it's... Um, unfortunately, I suppose the main thing is that your son has to want to do it himself. Yep. But there's all those support services that are there to be utilised... So if he says, yes, I want help, they can wrap around him and... Maybe that's what we need in the police station where they've got a thing. Nobody knew nothing about it. I spoke to sergeants and, uh, um, what do you call them, uh, uh, detectives. Yeah. And they had no idea, you know, what I was saying. Maybe we need to acknowledge all these services, put them all in one thing, and people can get it from the police station or some, someone's child... Uh, is in trouble, they can hand it out to the parents or to them and things like that, because I found no help whatsoever. That's probably great information to feed back locally. Thank you very much, Pam, for sharing that. Uh, First of all, I'd like to say um, thank you for giving us all this information today. I think it's fabulous, and even though I'm a member of OCR, well done, OCR. Um, I would actually like to recognise Pam and Rachel, because what they're actually saying today is bearing their soul. I was a probation officer years ago, an honorary probation officer, and I can remember going, we had a tour of Fairley Women's Prison, and the governor at the time there said it was amazing how the system is. The girls that were in that prison were usually there because of either prostitution, alcohol or drugs. And as he said, they're put in jail because they can't pay their fines. So their pimp would come pay the fine, they're back in the system, owed him money, had to earn it. I have seen similar things with drugs. I have a brother that has had severe drug problems forever. Uh, As Pam said, one person goes down one road, one goes another. I myself see the same problems now that I saw when I was in my mid-twenties doing this work. I don't know the answers but I would like to know what your opinions are of hammering the politicians. I know the election's just been held, but I think too many politicians have got absolutely no idea of how communities are functioning and families are trying to function, giving support where it, where it should go. I had a discussion the other day of, uh, is it a problem where some kids are slotted into, they're a troublemaker, they're a dropkick, whatever, so they think they're no good and they're going to go down that line and not feel good about themselves. 
My answer, of course, is people will know I'm involved with Scouts. I believe get your kids into things when they're young, keep them busy, don't necessarily join them up in some organisations that have a strong alcohol problem themselves. Keep them busy, think about each other and work as a community. Do you think that government can assist in this with, with a localised problem such as uh, crime? They have to, because if it's not government... I mean, it needs to be all of us, it needs to be all of community as well. But if it's not government, who's it going to be? And that's what I was addressing before with, with Ben Carroll's view that it's an all-of-government. So with what Pam was saying about, you know, we don't know where to go for the help and what programs are out there, that brings us to the Department of Health and Human Services. We need to contact them and find out what's going on and make sure that then gets through to um, our police so that they understand where they can help direct people. Um, but it absolutely has to be government. I think that will uh, conclude our questions for today, but thank you very much for your attendance. Um, and I'd like to officially thank our uh, panel today. So if we could please have a round of applause for Jeff, Bambi and Rachel. <laughs> I, um, these sort of things don't happen without the support of uh, people sharing their knowledge and um, their stories as well. We'd also like to acknowledge the Department of Justice. And can I just say, these... These things that happen with community radio, I don't think we appreciate community radio anywhere near as much as we should. I mean, you guys are all volunteers. It takes a hell of a lot of work to, to stay on air all the time, let alone to organise things like this. So thank you for inviting us. So take ownership of your local community radio station and get involved. Thank you very much, Bambi. We do have a couple of... Other thank yous to uh, the, the Lake Bowling Club today for uh, their hospitality and also to the Second Kayak Sea Scouts for their catering, which you'll be able to enjoy in just a moment. If you found parts of today really um, helpful, if there's something that we could do to improve this, this is our first official forum that we've run as a community radio station. Uh, if you think it's something that would be of value to the community, we're quite happy to continue hosting forums related to community issues, so we'd love your feedback. But uh, again, thank you very much for your attendance and uh, have a great day. That was OCRFM's Crime Prevention Forum that was recorded live in Colac on the 19th of May 2019. Uh, thanks for tuning in. And uh, if you'd like more information about the podcast or any of the links or resources spoken about, you can head to ocrfm.org.au. And uh, don't forget that if you would like to suggest a topic for a future community forum or let us know if you've enjoyed it or found anything beneficial from it, please let us know. Admin at ocrfm.org.au. Uh, this Crime Prevention Forum was supported by the Community Crime Prevention Fund. Thanks very much for listening and I hope to bring you more community forums in the future.